midst this evening, Lord Jesus. I bless your name. I bless your name. Let's sing that together. In prisoners' chains. In prisoners' chains. With bleeding surrounds.
the service and a word of prayer for us. We do have a prayer request from our sister Heidi Davis. Nice to have you with us, sister Heidi. God bless you and your family. Nice to see you. Amen. She's just asking prayer for former pastor in Iowa, Brother Don Ferran. Ferran? Sorry, I'm not pronouncing that right. And his wife, who are both sick with COVID. He's on a ventilator, very serious condition. So we want to remember this brother and his wife. We know that there are many believers struggling with this, but at the end of the day, it's just a devil. They have lots of, lots of names for it. We're just hearing amazing testimonies for those of you who know our sister LaDonna in Georgia and what the Lord is doing for her. Absolutely supernatural to bringing her back from the brink of death to where just every day is another testimony. We're so thankful that our God lives and he still works miracles in our midst. So if you need something in your life this evening, amen, just raise your hand and leave tonight as our brother Murphy comes. Would you come, brother Murphy? Thank you. Let's bow our head together. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we're coming here once more. Lord, uh, it seems like at each time when we come, Lord, we always can feel that a welcoming spirit. Because of the spirit of a God, I welcome the children. Come home and to worship, to talk with you, and to pour our heart towards you, Lord. To lay our burden at your feet. Lord, we are not the one that can bear it, but we know there is a one who can which is you, Lord. That's why we come to you. Lord, we put that every this prayer request that are upon your feet, Lord. For this, uh, Sister Hedy Davis has um, brought us a prayer request from uh, Tennessee, Lord. Uh, we know you have uh, no uh, concept of uh, space or time. To you, everything is just now, Lord. To you, there's uh, no distance. So, Lord, we pray for whatever Sister Hedy has been uh, bringing us a prayer request, uh, how this... Uh, demon of COVID has been affected as so many people. But Lord, we know there's nothing going to stop you to working. Lord, you are the omnipotent God. When we have an omnipotent face towards you, when the two omnipotents meet, Lord, something is going to shake. So by faith, we believe you will raise our dear brother and sister up in the whatever that my sister has been put this a prayer request. Lord, uh, whatever the situation that you're in, we pray that the Lord, you come on to the scene, Lord. Intervene, Lord. Uh, the doctor can come to that an end, but Lord, it's never been an end for you. We believe that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. What you have done to others, you have done the same to them, Lord. We ask the Lord that you go there to raise them up in the name of Jesus Christ so that we drive away Satan's attack. Lord, by your stripe, we believe they are healed. Lord, and also for Sister Motley, Lord, little Noah got to the heart, um, the seizure that it again. Lord, our heart goes to our little brother, Lord. Lord, I just pray that the presence of God, even that is a moment to go to the little boy, Lord. Go to the family, Lord. That the spirit of God bring peace over to the family. Lord, we know how Satan's main damage, but Lord, he can do nothing without your permission, Lord. We know that you are still the God, the great physician that can be touched by the feeling of an infirmity. Lord, I pray you that the go to little Noah. 
Lord, erase him and allow him to stop the demons that attack. Lord, completely restore him and completely heal him, Lord. We believe your word is to be the truth. What you have done, you said that a prophet have done years ago. All those boys that got a seizure. Lord, one of the prophets that cast the demon out. Those demons cannot stay in there anymore. Lord, your power has never been diminishing. But Lord, you said that we can do greater things. And that's what we believe, Lord. There's more things that the bride of Jesus Christ can do. Lord, you said we are the final voice in this final age. And they're our messenger. So Lord, we let a final voice to say, demon, in the name of Jesus Christ, we cast you out. And not only cast you out, we don't allow you to go back to that little boy anymore. Father, we thank you, Lord. What you have set free is a free indeed. Lord, we have a hear the word. We have a believe the word. Lord, even the young people, even no matter how seemingly we're weak, how small we seemingly that we are, but Lord, we put our foot under the, uh, Satan's neck and step it on and our foot and in the name of Jesus Christ and we believe every promise of God will come to pass. You give it as a gospel to set the captive free. You give it as a gospel to take the prisoner out of her prison. Lord, as that ever, we ever heard that there's another brother in China has been released. Lord, may this be a sign, Lord. Would you ever release the brother physically in a thousand of a thousand miles of the way? Let the same God release the prisoner that has been buying in their mind, has been buying in the sickness, has been buying with the seizure, has been buying with the COVID. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we set a captive free, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You're the one that heard our prayer. You're the one, not Brother David preached, not Brother Wim preached, but Lord, you have preached. All the word as of the preaching is not just for our ear to hear it, but for our heart to believe it. And Lord, by raising our hand, we said we do believe every word of God is the truth. So Lord, send out your word to heal the sick, to deliver the bound. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Well, we just pray that you use our servant at the end tonight and speak to our heart and deliver that the people, Lord, and that the power of God be manifested among us. We have saw you do the time after time from yesterday to this morning. Lord, one more time, we pray you that come down to fellowship with your children and meet every need. One word from you, it will satisfy us. We thank you, Father. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll do something that we've not done much over the last year and a half. Shake the hand of the person next to you. Say, God bless you. You may have your seats. Amen. Why don't you begin playing Faithful God, Brother Ben? We're going to invite the Aho brothers. They'd like to come and get ready for their special. And you can have your seats. And for those who wanted to sing in a choir, we're going to have a 30-minute practice tomorrow at 9.15 in the chapel. And that I don't care what your age is. If you're here at the camp and you'd like to sing in a choir, you can come join us. We'll have another time later in the day that we'll decide on tomorrow and I'll let you know. But we're going to, we're going to sing tomorrow night, Lord willing, or maybe Sunday morning. But we'll... Lord willing, we'll have a choir song. So that'll be something we haven't done in a long time also, so I'm looking forward to that. 
Amen. But as the Aho family prepares, why don't we just sing Faithful God? Oh, faithful one, so unchanging, you are the ageless one. You're my rock of peace, Lord of all, I declare. I call out to you again and again. I call out to you again. Oh, let's lift it up. You are my rock, Lord. For you are my rock in times of trouble. And you lift me Enter in with us on a song you all know with a new twist.
Katie, I didn't know you were singing. It's Mr. Katie Robson here from Arizona. God bless you. Amen. Just as we prepare to turn the service to our brother Tom, brother Wayne, why don't we just sing the goodness of God? I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. Can we do it in B flat? I think B flat, yeah. Amen. Just before we turn the service, I I love these lyrics. All my life, you have been faithful. Is that your testimony? It's been so, so good. Every situation, whatever circumstance, he is still faithful and true. And let's sing this now as we just prepare for the word. I love you, Lord. Oh, for your mercy. 
never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life, let's sing the chorus now. Sing that one more time. All my life. And all 
let's all stand. And all my life you have been so, so we sing that chorus again as we invite brother Wayne Lawson to come and speak to us we want to thank the Lord Jesus for the two services that we've had amazing 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 I don't often lose my voice amening but I have lost my voice amening the word is good the word is life and the word is so so good. Amen. And I, I want to thank Brother Wayne Lawson one more time for accepting the invitation to be with us. He comes from Bluffton, Ohio. Bluffton, Ohio. Bluffton. Brother Ray Erickson, pastor, who is a wonderful, wonderful man of God. He has wonderful church, wonderful family. I love him dearly. And Brother Wayne is assisting Brother Ray Erickson in, and he's come to be with us. And I believe last night was so, so special. Brother David preached the masterpiece this morning, and it was so, so good. It was all so wonderful. So I, I trust you come expecting. As we opened up this little camp, and we had it over on the amphitheater, and we... We took the little topic of expectation and focus. Focusing your thoughts towards the things of God. So many people are scattered in their thinking. They've got so many other things they've occupied their minds for. Forgetting the word of God which should be preeminent within their lives. Brother Brown makes the statement. He says just we must focus our lives. Especially today. Not, not, not to say that, you know, somebody else has got that focus, but he said, you must focus. Focus your lives to him and watch that word live in you as you focus to him and the word and him become life in you. I'm expecting that God will come one more time tonight. And I don't want you to be just a spectator. I want you to be a participator. Saying, God, anoint the man of God tonight. Speak the word of God to me. Give him liberty in this little tent. Just think about it. There's hundreds of people that would love to be where you're sitting here tonight. But God has got you in his mind that you're sitting at your chair. I say, why don't you just open up the doors of your heart, lift up your voices, and glorify the King of Kings. Amen. As we invite our dear and precious brother Wayne Lawson to this pulpit, let's just sing this chorus as we invite him. Let's just sing it to him. All my life. All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the mercy
Amen. I believe that that's what we ought to focus our lives on. Amen. Is the Word of God. Uh, I've uh, I just got to read this to you here. I, I can't I can't really start without doing so. Uh, this is what I come to the pulpit with tonight. It was on down in my message, but I just got to read it right now. In the message of Luke, Brother Bram said, I could do it. We must cope our lives and focus it in to the Word of God. Just like the would a picture camera and try to get the right focus before we can snap it in. And then we got to have a real true picture. Now here's a true picture. That's what we want to do to focus our lives into Jesus Christ. That Christ and you become the same person. You are a son adopted to God by the blood of the righteous Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Amen. You've got to focus it until you and Jesus Christ become the same person. Oh, I'll tell you, if you focus on this message, you'll see yourself in the Word of God. Amen. I'll tell you, did you speak on that somewhere here today or something? No. Wow, that was amazing. Amen. It was like he was reading my notes. I would say, my, thank God for his mercy. Isn't he a powerful God that we serve? Amen. I believe tonight that that's exactly what we want to do is to focus ourselves upon the word, upon the word of God. God bless you all. It is certainly an honor to be able to be here with you tonight. And we send our greetings to those that's online tonight, those in Cloverdale that's not able to be here. God bless you. We certainly miss you. And, uh, and we just want to take a few minutes this evening go to the Lord in a word of prayer and let's just ask the Lord to come by in a special way tonight amen and bless this meeting Father Lord you've already given your direction and Lord it's always an amazing confirmation to see that that spirit of inspiration Lord that you just place it on other men's hearts in the same season the same words the same directions Lord I, I believe that it's a pulsation that's moving down into the church to to remind us to focus to focus everything else out that the word of God could live through us now Lord Jesus we invite you into this meeting tonight we invite your divine presence Lord that you take over these services with your glory now Lord before this congregation before anyone that is listening or will hear this Lord we acknowledge our littleness oh God we acknowledge that without you we are nothing, Lord. We, Lord, we have no abilities at all. But, oh God, if you would just come by, Lord, and you would move among us, Lord, mighty good things happen when you come. And, Lord, we invite you. We invite you into this meeting. And, Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor. May you come into this meeting now. May you bless it, oh God. May you take the words and, and direct it to the places that it belongs. Now we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And God bless you tonight. If you have your Bibles, we want to look into the word of the Lord tonight and read a section of scripture from Acts, the third chapter, and the 19th verse, 19 through 22. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 22. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 22. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. 
And when the times of the refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ which was preached before unto you. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of the restitution of all things. Which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers of prophets. Shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. And him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. We ask the Lord to bless his word tonight as you could be seated. I want to just take a, a moment or two tonight to speak to you from this uh, text of scripture. If I take a title tonight, I want to speak to you on a refreshing from the presence of the Lord. A refreshing. Man, I'm just going to get rid of this jacket if it's okay. Thank you, brother. Amen. Uh, a refreshing from the presence of the Lord. You know, I, I think that's a very, a very timely message in the age that we're living in. Amen. How many could use a refreshing from God? Amen. A refreshing from His Spirit. Amen. And I, I believe, amen, that God has a way of doing things and He has an order in the way He sets things and how things come unto us. Now, it's amazing to me that the Bible sets this refreshing that would be coming according uh, to the book of Acts here. That it's in a line with at the time of the restitution of all things. Uh, that it would that there would be a great refreshing that would come into the church. Or could we say it like this? A refilling of the Holy Ghost. A refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Or a refilling of the Holy Ghost. You know, when I, when I think about this tonight, I, I, I go back into the into time, into the scriptures, and think about the, the grace that God has showed us when, when he sent Malachi 4 into the earth, and how that Brother Branham taught us scriptural principles that, that we had never heard or even thought to understand without this message. And, and uh, maybe just in, in, in an introductory way, uh, sometimes when Brother Branham teaches certain things, it maybe takes a little while for me to 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 get the idea of what he's teaching. But once you see the idea of his thought, maybe in one sermon, all of a sudden you begin to see that sermon. And then you'll see it unfold through many other sermons. And then you'll see it in the scripture many places. Because it's, a, it's an idea or a way that he is approaching the scripture. Amen. And I, I think it's a powerful thing that to we approach scripture the way a prophet approached the scripture and, and, and that and, and appealing to it. You know, uh, often we, we think of bread, you know, you take bread itself and you and you think about just eating bread. Amen. But it, it, it really wasn't until Brother Branham began to uh, un, unlabel some things for me that I began to really understand that the bread of an age was the word being made flesh. That that's that's really what it means to receive bread is that the word becomes flesh. Now, when you go back in the scripture uh, and you read in the book of, of Micah, you read about how that Bethlehem was going to be a little among the thousands of Judah. But out of them, he said, shall come the ruler of Israel. Now, Brother Branham preaches a beautiful message in 63 in the in the December 63, a message called Why Little Bethlehem. And, and any time a prophet asks a question, that's a good place to stop and to ask why is he asking this? Because he's trying to draw something up to your mind. If a, if a preacher asks 
asked you a question, then they're trying to tell you. I got an answer, but I want you to ask the question, then I'll give you the answer. And for a long time, I would hear the message, why Bethlehem? And it didn't have the, it didn't have the impact that it ought to have because I, I really wasn't catching the, the reality of what the prophet was trying to teach. Amen. But then, uh, but then I began to see a little something in it of how that Bethlehem, of course, was a city in, in Israel, but there's, there's a powerful understanding that Bethlehem was something that was in the mind of God all of the time that he was going to bring great things out of. But it's not even mentioned, amen, in the early parts of Scripture until even when Joshua is dividing it. It's not even mentioned. It's so almost seemingly insignificant. But God's going to bring the Word of God out of that city, Jesus Christ. He's going to do one of the greatest things that's ever hit the earth. And he's going to do it in a place that nobody even knew about until it had been done. That little city of Bethlehem, why Bethlehem? It was going to be a place. How many knows about the foundation of the city of Bethlehem? It was a, it was pretty much a nowhere place and, and the founder of that city was a, a little girl named whose name was Rahab, amen, who had founded the city of Bethlehem. But if you study the scripture and you find out who Rahab is, she is in the very lineage of Jesus Christ, but she's in the lineage as a Gentile. And, and it's a, it's a pretty good thing to study it because you'll find out that she doesn't even appear in scripture until Joshua appears in scripture. And then when Joshua crosses the Red Sea uh, uh, the, the Jordan River and they get into the land of Jordan and they start going into the into the cities and then they find this is where Rahab appears. Now she's been there the whole time that, uh, that they were crossing the wilderness, all those things, but it don't talk about her until they begin to possess the land. But then when the land comes under possession, this woman Rahab comes up and they go up there and they found this little city of Bethlehem and sure enough it becomes the bread center of the world. It becomes the place where the bread of Israel would come out of. Now if the natural bread was coming out of that city it was also going to be a place the spiritual bread was going to come out and that's where Jesus Christ was going to be born which was the word of God which was made flesh. Amen. That it would be the bread of uh, of the world would come out of that little place. Now it's teaching us, amen, that God can do great things in small places. Amen. That when the word of God is manifested, that even if it's a small place, it still becomes the bread to them that hear it. Now, Jesus himself said in the scripture, I am the bread of life that comes down out of heaven. Isn't it amazing that he said, I'm the bread of life that comes down out of heaven. In other words, he is the word of God that's being manifested in its age and its season. So Jesus is the bread. And he said, let's you eat this bread and and eat of my flesh and drink of this cup. You you have no part with me. So he, he introduced an idea that, that man could devour the word of God after that it had been manifested. It would become life to the to the person that ate it. And to we find out, of course, that this manifestation of the word, amen, would be the very thing that would bring life. Now, I say that because I want to make a point to you that the word being manifested is bread. 
Is that right? The scriptures being manifested is the bread to the believer that eats. Now, if you, if you like to follow along in the scriptures, you'll find out that this also is to be said when you talk about the light of the age. So if you call it the bread of the age, that's the scriptures that's being manifested. When you go into the Bible and you find out that God said that, uh, in Isaiah 60, he said there'll come a time that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness to people, but arise and shine for thy light has come. Now, when he says thy light is come, you understand that that light is the scriptures that were spoken in previous generations by prophets. But when that word is going to become manifested, it would be called the light of the age. Amen. We find out the source of all light is God's spoken word. Amen. How many knows where light come from in the very beginning? God said, let there be light. Is that he said that, didn't he? God said, let there be light. Amen. Now, listen, if God only said, let there be light and there was nothing that happened, then it was just the word of God. But when that word manifested and light began to be shown, then it became light unto the earth and all botany life lives from that light. Is that right? It was just God manifesting his word, showing, amen, that if you're going to have life, it's going to have to come from light. All life comes from light. I hope you're hearing me tonight, young people. If you're going to have life in this age, it'll only come from the light of the message that God sends in that age. You can try any other way you want to. You can you can do anything you desire to do. But if you're going to receive life, it will come by the message of the age you're living in. It's not a God of history, nor is it a God just of the future. But the word in its present tense becomes the light to every believer. Amen. That desires to live in the light of God. Now, I go back into the scriptures and you can see that Jesus is light. In Isaiah chapter 42, the scripture said, Thus saith the Lord, he created the heavens and earth, amen, and stretched them out and spread forth the earth. And, and that which cometh out, he said, he giveth bread unto the people and the spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and I will keep thee. And when I will give thee for a covenant of the people and a light unto the Gentiles. Amen. Now that was said in the book of Isaiah concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. Hundreds of years later in the book of Matthew, it's recorded that Jesus actually walked upon the seacoast, upon the borders of Zebulon. And the Bible said he did it that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, saying that the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephilim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, the Galileas, the people which sat in darkness would see a great light. And to them which sat in the regions in the shadow of death, light has been sprung up. Now, Isaiah prophesied light would come to people who were in darkness. And it would come unto people who sat in the shadow of death. But when they seen the light, y'all know what they saw? They saw Jesus, this man who they questioned his birth. They questioned his affiliations. They questioned all that. But when they saw Jesus, they were seeing the fulfillment of the book of Isaiah. And they could say, we hell have light. We have the light of God's word in our seat. Now, the scripture also says in the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, Nevertheless, dimness shall not be such as were in her vexation. When he at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee. But the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
And them that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them light has shined. Now, in the book of Luke, the first chapter, it tells us that this was fulfilled. Though tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents had brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up into the arms and blessed him and said, Now the Lord Lettest thou servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. He was holding an infant child. And he was announcing he was holding the light unto the Gentiles. This was the fulfillment of the book of Isaiah. When Isaiah said a virgin shall conceive. Behold a son shall be given. And his name shall be Counselor and Prince of Peace and Mighty God. He was the Emmanuel. This man, a Simeon, he was a blind man. He he was a man who had no sight. But 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 he had prayed and excuse me, he was it was blind Anna. And this Simeon was there, an old man who had had prayed and had looked for the coming of the Messiah. And God had prayed uh, actually promised them that he would not die until he seen the Lord's Christ. Now, can you imagine the morning he gets up every every uh, eighth day and he runs over to the tabernacle and he's watching to see that whenever the children are being circumcised he's looking for a certain child he's looking for that, that child that should be born, the son should be given, he was looking for that baby in the temple, so when Simeon got up on that on that, that would be to us a Sunday morning, to them was a Saturday, he got up and got ready to go to the tabernacle, he went with an expectation, do you know what his expectation was, was to find that Jesus was among them. He didn't know his name was Jesus, but he was looking for the light of Isaiah to appear in the flesh, and he knew that he would identify him when he came into that place. Now, Brother Branham explains this beautifully, and he says, you see, he said when when Simeon come in there that morning expecting, he said he looked around there and seen that line. Of course, you all know there was all kinds of different sacrifices, and there was lambs, and there was doves, according to how rich or poor you were. Amen. And he would have looked down that line of women waiting for the circumcision of their children and the offerings to be given. Amen. And and you know, without God directing him to that child, how would have he knew that any different than all the rest of them? Can you imagine the, the, the amazement to Mary when she was standing there and this man walks up and gets a hold of her baby? Amen. And begins to prophesy over him the things which she had heard out in the manger at his birth and the things that was given unto her by Gabriel. Amen. Here was a man that had the inspiration of the same thing that she knew her child was. Now she was hearing it from other people who had begun to catch the revelation that the Christ had come into the earth. 
earth. And they were standing in the presence of the Messiah. Even in his infancy, they recognized this is him that was prophesied. I can only imagine the face of everyone when this, when this, when this uh, elder gentleman holds this baby up and begins to scream, this is the light unto the Gentiles. Can you imagine the amazement? This man is announcing this is the light of the Gentiles. Now, not everybody could believe that. Not everybody could understand that. But it didn't change the fact that it is exactly what Simeon said it was. But unto them that could believe it, they had seen their Messiah. Unto them that could receive it, they could have left the building that morning and begun to run through Israel and say, He's finally come, the Savior, the Messiah. He's finally among us. Amen. Because Simeon was on the front end of the revival. He was seeing it even when it was yet in its infancy. Well, I tell you, that man had an expectation of what he was going to see. He didn't go down there to see a Pharisee. He didn't go down there to see just a woman. He didn't go just to see another custom or another day. He was expecting to see the Messiah, the light of his age. Listen to me, young people. There are to be an expectation in the church of the living God from the prophecy of the Bible said that same light would appear in the last days in the evening time there shall be light It'll be the Word of God made flesh in this age. Now, I, I want you to buckle your seatbelts a moment. I want you to hear me. We're not coming here expecting just to find Jesus in this building. We're not expecting to find Jesus just in our brother Murphy or brother David. Amen, brother Michael. Any of these brothers sitting here, that's not where we're looking for him only. Amen, but our expectation is to see that that Christ has come into us by a new birth. And now we're identifying that the same Jesus Jesus, that was in the Bible, is now been birthed into the church by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep focusing until you can see that the same light that was there is the same light that is here. He is the light. He is the light of the age. The Word made flesh is the light of the age. How many of those, Brother Bram, says this? Amen. The Word made flesh is the light of the age. Amen. And how do you know it's light except it comes from the Word of God? Now, there's a there's a lot of teaching on that, and I don't have time to go through all, but I think we're getting the principle that when he said, I am the bread, that meant the Word was being manifested in its age. When he said, I am the light of the world, that meant the words of Isaiah and Malachi and Ezekiel were being made manifested at that very present hour and time. Do you see, the prophet of God tells us this. He says, now... Amen. And there's a man here that can turn on the light. He said, as long as the word is laying in the book, it can be questioned. But when it's made manifested and you see the product of it, of what has been spoken manifested, then the light is on. When you see the product of it manifested, then there's the light. I tell you, if there's a, if there was a measure of light, amen, we ought to, we ought to be able to look today and say there's more light shining in this end than any other light in any other age. There has been more scriptures fulfilled in your generation than any other scriptures since the times of Jesus Christ. He said, preacher, what are you talking about? I mean, amen, if you take scripture being fulfilled, the entire Lutheran revelation, the entire Martin Luther revival, where he come and brought a reformation unto the entire age and refuted the Catholic church, he done it on one scripture, the just shall live by faith. 
Amen. One scripture and he turned the world upside down with it. What about John Wesley when he said, sanctify them, Father, by thy word, thy word is truth. And he turned the world upside down. Amen. Because one scripture had light that was shining on it. Look at what the Pentecostals did when they realized Acts 2 was the baptism of the Holy Ghost that would come upon the church. And they went around the world. Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 2, Acts 4. And revival fires fell and began to burn. And people began to prophesy and see visions. And great things began to happen. But the age that you are living in is the age of an open book. This is not just one little scripture here and there. But this entire Bible. Amen. Has got a light shining on it. This is the fulfillment of both the bridegroom and the bride. Oh, come on, church. Our God stepped out of Genesis. Our Jesus stepped out of Malachi. He stepped out of Ezekiel. But now the bride is stepping out of the book of Matthew and the book of Luke and the book of John. What Jesus fulfilled in the Old Testament, you are fulfilling in the New Testament. My, when I look at this and see, <laughs> I, I tell you, I'm just going to use some memory here. Hey Amen. You, you don't hold me, but I'll say it like this. There's more scripture being fulfilled right now. If you just start in your Bible, it'll start surprising you where you're standing and the light that's shining on you. For in the evening time, there shall be light. You know what that means? In the evening time, there's going to be scriptures fulfilled. In the evening time, you are living in a season where scriptures are going to be coming to pass. Where the power of God is going to return into the church. Not just for a little revival, but for the fulfillment of the written word of God. To identify the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's not in a tomb in Jerusalem tonight. He's living. He's alive. And he's right here in this building tonight with power and demonstrations. And manifestation. You want to shine light? Amen. You want to, so Brother Wayne, I want to do something for the Lord. Somebody turn the light on then. Turn the light on. Look at where we're standing. Revelations, the third chapter, a seventh angel. Revelations one, he's a seventh star. Amen. It's, it's, it's our day. This is happening. Revelations, the fifth chapter, a book was closed. In Revelations 10, it's open. We're talking about Revelations 3 and Revelations 5. And by the way, what about the that hell hand that held back the four winds? Then we're Revelation 7. What about the sealing of the church in Revelations 9? What about the revelations, amen, of God, of how in the 16th chapter, he sends a spirit to lead us away from the Armageddon. At the same time, the world is to it. What about it? What about Matthew 17? What about Acts chapter 3? What about the scriptures that's being manifested? Scripture upon scripture upon scripture. It should blast the church of the living God into a realm of perfect faith and the power that can defeat any devil anywhere, anytime, any place. My, if we start focusing, there's plenty to focus on. We were looking at it last night, wasn't we? Jesus stepped out there, seen their, seen their countenance, said, what's the communication? What's the manner? Amen. 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 They started telling him about things. He said, what things? 
what things. There was a lot of things happening, but they were focusing on the negative things. But let me tell you something, young people. You don't have to spend one minute of your day focusing on negative things. There is a revelation in this message that will consume your mind. It'll consume your life. It'll consume you until God fills your soul with power and anointing and in truth. Amen. It's a light and that light has come. Amen. And light can only come by the word of God. (laughs) Light can only come by the word of God. You know, Brother Branham taught it. (laughs) He said these sunflower seeds, he said, he said somebody found some boy back in the pyramid of Egypt. They took a seed out there. He said the wheat was a wheat of garner. He said Joseph put it in there all those years back there. Can you imagine? There was a seed that was in the time of Joseph in a pyramid. And they found it. Amen. And they brought it out right in the end. And all them years and all that had passed by. And people probably wondered, is there still power in that seed? Is there still power in a seed after so many years? Amen. But Brother Bram said, but watch what they done. Of course, they put, they put it in the ground. And then something like the sun struck it. He said, then that germ of life, he said, had stayed there. Amen. And he starts telling us that the light upon that seed in the ground would bring life. <laughs> now, do you know that there are seeds, amen, that go back further than Joseph? You go back to the gene seed that God had in his mind before the world ever began. And he sent that seed into this age. But until that seed had a ground, amen, it was not effective. But when that seed fell into you, which was the gene of God before the foundation of the world, amen, that gene will never find its potential until the light of this message shines upon you. That's why you couldn't stay in that Baptist church. That's why you couldn't stay in that Pentecostal church. This bride must have a light that will bring out the potential of what's laying on the inside of her. You're more than a denominational Christian. You're more than just another believer. You're a part of the bright body of Jesus Christ, which was ordained before the world ever began. Oh, when that light strikes it, Brother Bram said there's no church, there's no boundaries, there is no criticism, there is nothing going to stop it because it's going to live because God said it would. God's word fulfilled in its hour is a light. Now let's, let's, let's say it like this. If you was a seed and you needed light, then God's word being fulfilled would be the revival of that seed. Amen. You can pour water on it, but without light on it, it's not going to come forth. Amen. In the evening time, there shall be light in the evening time. The evening time is the end time. Is that right? Brother Brandon preaches a beautiful sermon looking unto me. Amen. And he takes this scripture in Isaiah and said, look unto me, all ye ends of the earth and be saved. But the man said, I want to use that and show ye ends of the earth. So he goes back and begins to show that the world has ended a few times. And he shows you that the world perished in the days of Noah. Amen. But before it perished, God gave them something to look at. Is that right? Amen. The scriptures tells us, amen, that Rahab's world was coming to an end. But before it ended, God gave her something to look at. Now, here we are in the ending of time. 
Not just the ending of systems, but the ending of the world. And God would give us something to look at. Do y'all, do y'all know that God always does things the same way? And Brother Branham taught us, of course, that God gave us this and said if we would look, we would be able to live. So when God does something, then we look upon it and then we live. When you go into the scriptures in Numbers chapter 21, you'll find that Moses lifted up a brass serpent in the wilderness. And when the people looked upon it, that brass serpent didn't pray for them. That brass serpent didn't do anything for them. Other than their faith in the word being manifested in front of them brought a healing into their life. They looked at the promise that God gave them and it brought healing to them. Now, Jesus himself and John, the Bible said if Moses was lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, here we are in the end time realizing that we're coming to an end and God has got to give you something to look at. He's got to give you something to look, to behold, to focus your life on So you can have a faith that will bring a revival in the greatest and darkest of all ages. Now, wouldn't it be something if I could give you a little ornament or something that every time that you were discouraged, you could look at it and change it? Wouldn't it be something if you carried something around in your pocket that every time you felt anxious or discouraged or you felt hopeless, you could just pull it out and look at it and it would change the way you felt about everything. Situations might not change. Conditions might not change, but the way you feel about things changes because you have something to look at. Well, God has not given us a little medallion. God's not given us a little charm. He has given us the Son of Man. And God provides us a way to see Him. How many knows you can see Jesus? You can recognize His presence. How many knows that? It's not just a feeling that we get because your feelings go up and they go down. So what do I do when I don't feel good? Now what do I do when I'm not believing? When I'm having a a moment of trouble? How do I get out of that? God provided us something to look at. When God fulfills his word, it is his identified presence. So now fulfilled word is bread. It's light. And now it's his presence. It's the way you recognize him in the midst. When God gives us this. Now, I'll tell you, when Brother Branham, of course, goes into this, he tells us then that God provides a way. He provides a way. God provides the way to see him. If you want to see him, he provides the way to see him. Is this right? If you want to see him, he provides the way to see him. You don't make up how you see God. He gives you a way to see him. You remember when... Brother Branham spoke about how when the third pull revelation came to him and he saw that great tent vision. We're in a tent, kind of, kind of nice. And he saw that tent vision. Remember what the angel told him? He told him, I'll meet you in there. Now, Brother Branham didn't make up the meeting place. If you want to see God, he said, I'll meet you in there. He didn't, he, he didn't go to Brother Branham and said, now, where would you like to meet with me at? But the angel told him, I'll meet with you. In there. And that'll be the third pull. Remember? That'll be the third pull. I'll meet you in there. 
then God designs the place to meet. When Moses was with the children of Israel and, and, and they wanted to meet with God, he said, Moses, build them a place. And remember, he went up in the mountain, caught the vision, come down and built the word in a tabernacle. And God said, I'll meet you in there. So if you want to meet God, God provides the meeting place. I, I, I remember years ago, my, my youngest daughter, Bethany, uh, I, I believe she's probably been in a lot of church. Somebody said, uh, Sister Karen Pruitt had been in the most church of any, of any woman. Well, my daughter, Bethany, might be in the most services of any person ever lived. She, as a young person, uh, she traveled with me for years and where some people go to church once or twice a week. She went to church four and five and six and seven times a week. So when she was about, I don't know, she could talk good. She was three or four years old. We was riding down the road and, and she getting ready to, getting ready to go. And she reached over and tells her mama, she said, mama, where are we going? She said, we're going to church. She said, church again? Church again? She said, yeah. She said, why are we going to church? She said, we're going to go down there to meet Jesus. She said, well, can't you ask him to meet us at the Burger King? She said, well, honey, I don't think it quite works like that. He don't meet you where you decide. He meets you where he decides. And God never misses an appointment when he sets a place to meet you. He is always present in that place. There is a place where he don't come and go. There's a place where he remains there. He's always there. He's ever present there. Amen. And that place is in the word of God being manifested in his age. When you look into this, when you look into this third pool, I, I think it's amazing because you, you see that Brother Branham had, had a powerful ministry, of course, and his first pool. How many knows the first pool, Brother Branham? I, I don't want to take a long time in explaining. So remember, Brother Branham would take somebody's right hand and his left hand, and then he would, he would break out on his hand. He could tell them what disease they had. And if he prayed and, and the disease left, his hand would clear up and he could announce a healing. But, but some people didn't get healed. But the angel told him, now it's going to come to pass. You'll have a second part of your ministry. And in that second pool, you'll be able to read the very dictates of their hearts. And when you read their heart, then you can answer whatever it is causing the problem. And he could pray for them and they would be healed. So that was the first pull of, of healing and a second pull of prophecy. But in 1956, Brother Branham received a vision from the Lord while he was in California that there would be another part of his ministry, which would be called the third pull. Now, I've, I've got to just put a little something out here. And I, I know this is a mixed congregation, a lot of young people, some older people. And we're you're doing a family camp. Amen. Sometimes people say, well, by the way, don't you think you're a little deep for the young people? And you know what? I, I told somebody some time ago, I said, well, you know, in the age we're living in, I'll tell you this. Our young people have understood the depths of Satan. There's nobody holding anything from the devil back from our young people. Our young people are being introduced to anything the devil can put in their lap. Amen. And it's coming through internets and it's coming through televisions and it's coming through entertainments and the youth can go into the depth of Satan in this generation we're living in. Well, let me tell you, if the devil has some children that can get in the depths of Satan, then God's got some young people that can go in the depths of this message. Come on, young people. This is your generation to believe the message of the hour. My, when I think about this, I think about the, the grace of God breaking out on this youth and, and how that God prophesied years ago to that prophet that that would be another part of his ministry. It would be the third pull. And remember what he said, I will meet you in there. I'll meet you in that third pull. 
And I think that's powerful. Then the meeting place for God tonight's not in the first pool under healing. Amen. The meeting place of God tonight is not the second pool under prophecy. But if you're going to meet God in the age we're living in, you're going to have to come under the scriptures that's being manifested in this generation. People say, Brother Wayne, don't you, aren't you seeming that up a little bit? No, I'm trying to release people from the ideas that you can beat a revival out of the tent pole. That you can beat the revival out of the ground. I tell you, the revival of this age will only come when you recognize that this message is Christ. And it's come to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. There is a revival in receiving this word. When this word is received, it releases the anointing of God upon your life. Amen. When I, when I say that now, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta use Bible to preach something like that, don't we? What about that little woman? What about the, the woman that run behind Jesus and begin to say to her, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. How many know she was a Gentile? Do you know the Bible said Jesus had entered that land to be hid? He went there to hide from the people. Amen. But she was that E-class. He couldn't hide from her. Amen. She'd find him wherever he is. She had a different temperament. She knew he was present. She didn't know how to get a hold of him. She didn't know what to do. But she knew he was the Messiah. And she knew if I get the right approach, I will get anything I need because he is God. Listen, let me promise you, God's in this building. The power of the Holy Ghost for revivals, for our body change, for miracles to happen. He's in this building. But God has provided an approach to come to him in this age. And you'll never get it outside of the scriptures that God has given in this age. Now look what this woman done. She was persistent. She knew it was real. She wasn't giving up. Because she, she went unto him. And the Bible tells us that she began to cry on him, thou son of David. Wrong name. Now, son of David, have mercy. Wrong name. He never even turned to her. The Bible tells us, amen, that he never even spoke to her. He never paid any attention to her. Listen, I know, I know, amen, half of us, we just got to be truthful. If we pled to the Lord like that and him standing right there, we would give up and go home. Turn around and go back, but not her. Because she was not, she was not, how, how would you say this? She didn't feel he owed her anything. Come on. He didn't owe her anything. She needed something. And when you're a beggar, come on, don't be choosy. When If you really need something and somebody gives you a little something, you'll be appreciative. Amen. But if you're entitled, amen, God will give you a little something. And you'll say, well, I was wanting something else. I was wanting this or I was wanting that. Amen. But this woman had a need of Jesus and she wasn't giving up on her needs. She was dialed in that this is Christ and he's right in front of me. And she began to worship him. And the Bible said that he didn't even pay her any attention. And you know what she did? Give up and go home. No, she didn't. You know what to do when God don't answer? I mean, you know what to do. You know what to do when God answers. How do you, what do you, how do you act when he don't? You worship more. You worship the more. The Bible said she worshiped the more and she changed her approach and said, Lord. And the moment she got into the avenue of where he was, he turned unto her and all the power in heaven and earth was turning toward her and saying, whatever you want, you can have. Oh God. Hallelujah.
know when she found the avenue, their power was in that avenue. Come on, church. You know what? You know what it was? When he listened, what do you want? He said, I want a healing. He said, that don't belong to you. You're nothing more than a dog. Well, there's a second offense. You're nothing more than a dog. But she would not be offended. Blessed is he that will not be offended in me. She couldn't be offended. She wouldn't be shook off. She wouldn't take no for an answer. Amen. The Bible said, knock and keep knocking. Amen. If you seek and keep seeking, you'll, you've got to find it. Now, you know, you know, he told her, you're a dog. And he said, look, 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 this, this don't belong to you. You're nothing more than a dog. And, and look what he, look what he said to her. He said, this is the children's meat. This is the children's bread. This is the children's bread. Are, are you hearing me? And she said, but Lord, even the dogs, even the dogs can get the crumbs from the master's table. Hey, what a revelation. She understood. Brother Branham, when he gets to this point, he said, he said, I got five pages of note on crumb seekers. Amen. Because she was, she was just as satisfied with a crumb as she was with a whole loaf. Because she knew the same thing that's in that loaf is in this crumb. Amen. Let me tell you something, church. There is no weak spot in God. If you got a teaspoon of God, you got power that'll change lives, change hearts. There ain't no big eyes and little you. If you got the Holy Ghost, God is still omnipotent in every believer that still lives. This woman had caught the revelation. She agreed with the word of God. And she got a miracle. Uh, I'll tell you, it's a powerful thing when you understand that that direction. When you go in here and find Brother Branham begins to say little things like this. Amen. The third pull has now been vindicated. I'm sure you know what it is. I'm sure you know what it is. How many knows what the third pull is? Uh, I heard a, I heard Brother Bishop say something years ago in a meeting, a mixed up meeting. There was a lot of people who believed a lot of things about the third pool. I heard one of the greatest, one of the wisest answers I ever heard. He said, you know, a lot of people believe a lot of things about the third pool. He said, but let me tell you this. I don't know what it's going to be, but we know what it is. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. People got all kinds of ideas about what it's going to be. And I don't want to argue with you. Got no time to worry about what you think it's going to be. But I do know what it is. I know what a prophet said it was. If it was coming to be introduced by him, wouldn't he know what it is? Amen. He tells us that the third pool, he already had it. He said, this will be the thing that will produce rapturing faith. This will be the thing that will cause the rapture of the church. It'll be a rapturing faith. Come on, church. Faith is your victory. Revelation is faith. How does revelation come? It can only come by a prophet. And if God gives you a prophet, he's given you revelation. And he's given you victory by the revelation. You don't have to wait till you're healed. You can begin to rejoice. You're already healed. We heard about Joshua this morning. You don't have to wall, worry till the walls fall down. You can start shouting before the walls ever begin to fall down because you are obeying the words of a prophet. Oh, church of a living God, what an hour to live. My, that third pool will be the thing that will cause the going away. Now, if you follow the continuity of what I've been speaking to you, you can hear, you can hear it. Why little Bethlehem? The sermon. Shortly thereafter, a man to turn on the light or turn on the light. It comes in continuity. The very next sermon after turn on the light is look away to Jesus. 
If you turn on the light, you can look away to Jesus. If you turn on the light, you can see Jesus. He's already in the midst of you. Now, when you when you look at this, we think, look away to Jesus. Because of traditional teachings, we, we think that there's going to be a Jesus, a corporal body that's going to walk through this door that we all look to him. Well, there is a corporal body. That that is a that's a, a foregone conclusion. I hope that everybody believes in a corporal body. Amen. But that corporal body, according to Malachi 4, will not return unto this earth until it's scorched over and the bride comes with him for a millennium. So for the second coming, the bride actually goes and meets him in another dimension, in another body. Are we all together? Then if we're going to see him, we're looking for the word of God being manifested rather than the nail scarred hands. Come on. Brother Bam told us again and again. That wasn't it Martin when the, when the Jesus appeared there in his study and he said, worship me, Martin. And, and Martin looked at him and he saw he had a crown. Amen. And that crown, Martin said, amen. Amen. Get out of here, Satan. He said, because Jesus won't be crowned until, amen, the saints crown him. He understood that that was an impersonation and wouldn't receive it because we go to meet Jesus Christ in the air. Then there's a bride here today. God's got to give you something to look at. Amen. And the word in this age produced your vision. Now... The third pull, of course, I don't have time to go deep into this, but I'll say you this. It's three things, right? It's the opening of the word. It's preaching to souls in prison. And it's creation by the word. That's, that's three topics that it is. I'm not going to go deep into that, but I'm going to tell you that God manifested it five times. Manifested it five times in the life of a prophet. Isn't that powerful? Amen. Somebody said, well, Brother Wayne, I think everybody ought to go around doing this and this and this. Listen, God proved that it was real. Amen. God, I don't need to get up here and prove to you that's real. God proved that it's real. And I'm perfectly good with accepting what God has done. Now, there's been five manifestations of that for you. Now, watch this. Amen. Brother Branham tells us of five. He tells us about when he was squirrel hunting. Remember that? He told us he was out squirrel hunting and the Lord came to him and he said to him, Hey, man, what are you doing out here? What do you need? He said, well, I'm squirrel hunting. He said, what do you need? Squirrels. He said, what are you thinking about? Remember, Brother Bram was thinking about the scripture, if you say unto this mountain, be moved. And he said, I was wondering how, how is it if you say, what did, it, what did it have to do with me saying? He said, so I was wondering about how it fit in the atonement. He said, but while I was sitting there, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's as true as any other scripture in the Bible. He said, if you say, he said, see, the mystery behind it is the atonement let Christ Come into the human. So when a man speaks under the inspiration of Christ, it's not the man speaking, it's deity speaking. Now, Brother Branham spoke. Now, you're living in the season where Mark 11 has been made manifest for the first time in 2,000 years. Nobody in the history of the church ever did what this man is doing. And God is doing it for you. He stood there and created squirrels. Let there be one here for time's sake. I'm not going to go deep in it, but I want it in your mind. You all know, do you know the story? Show me your participation now. Do you know the story? Brother Bam created the squirrel, right? Remember? And he killed him. And then another time he's in the woods and does the same very thing. 
Amen. And, 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 and he tells the story to everybody. And he said, but that was a, that was a seventh squirrel. He said, but I couldn't find it. And one of the guys said, well, we're not sure Brother Branham's telling the truth, basically. So the next morning, Brother Branham goes out there and he said, Lord, they're not going to believe me if I don't find that squirrel. Amen. And the Lord said to him, you just say where it'll be. So he walked over and said, it'll be under that, under that leaf right there. He walked over and kicked it back. And there that squirrel was. That's the story that caused Hattie Wright to hear the, the very creation of those squirrels. Because when he went back to the house and told the story, that was them people wondering whether he had even been telling the truth. But see, Hattie Wright was that one with a simple faith. She didn't have anything, but she had faith. Amen. How many knows what Brother Bram said? He said that woman, he said she didn't make but $200 a year. He said, and she had given $40 of her money to the, to the building fund. And he said, Brother Neville had given her $20 of it back. And he said, I had the other 20 in my pocket to give to her. He said, but God told me don't give her the money. I got something better for her. And he was sitting there with that $20 in his pocket, amen, and telling the story of how God created them squirrels out in the woods. And when he told them stories, amen, you know what she did? She looked up at him and she said, Brother Branham, how did that happen? How did that happen? He said, Hattie, I don't know. He said, the only thing I can tell you, he said, is the same Jehovah Jireh that was up there on the mountain, amen, was out there in the woods. He created a ram for Abraham, and he created a squirrel for me. And that's when Hattie Wright said those famous words, that's nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. Amen. Do y'all know what happened right there? It opened up something. It opened up a dimension. It opened up an anointing that dropped down on Hattie Wright's life. It opened up a revival in Hattie Wright. Amen. I, I don't have time to teach on this, but I feel inspired to preach this to you. Amen. Y'all, y'all how many of you ever, ever studied uh, uh, the splitting of an atom? The splitting of an atom, I, not, not deeply, but, but you know, uh, they, they, they split the atom up, amen, called the, called the fission bomb. Remember it? Amen. Albert Einstein opened up the nuclear age when he split the bomb and then they made these A-bombs that they, they dropped on Pearl Harbor. Uh, because of that, they dropped them on Japan and they dropped them A-bombs. Well, those A-bombs were about 10 times stronger than TNT. All the big bombs, it was 10 or 12 times stronger. Amen. But in later ages, they decided that, that the splitting of an atom was powerful. But when you put two atoms together, it's 10 times more powerful than that. It's called a fusion. And when you fuse two things together, it creates a power that is greater than the dividing of it. How many knows what a, how many knows what a, a, a dynamite cap is? Amen. You, you know, dynamite won't go off. You can throw it in your, in your truck. It won't go off by itself. But you put a dynamite cap on it, put a little charge, and there's a, there's a small boom, and then there's a secondary explosion that's greater than the first one. Fission bombs are piggybacked to fusion bombs. To divide an atom takes a power, and it releases a power. But to put two atoms together, it takes a great explosion. And then there's a secondary explosion that is much greater than the first one. Do you know that God sent William Branham into that room that day? And he divided Mark 11 to little Hattie Wright. He broke open the word and a power filled the room. But when it hit Hattie Wright for the first time, there was a fusion between Mark 11 and a member of the bride of Jesus Christ. 
And Brother Branham said, the greatest anointing I ever felt in my life dropped into that room. And look what Hattie did when she joined herself with Mark 11. William Branham said to her, Hattie, say what you will. Say what you will and you'll have it. My, what a powerful thing. Say what you will and you'll have it. And there was two two boys over there in the corner who was laughing at Brother Branham. Uh, blasphemy, if you would say. But when Brother Branham saw him sitting over there, he said, how do you say whatever you want? He said, if a million dollars, you'll get it. Amen. That, that crippled sister, she'll be healed. Tell you what kind of revival this woman wanted. Had she been following Earl Roberts, she'd ask for a million dollars. Because that was what she would have believed a, a revival was. Was a million dollars. That's a revival. Amen. Had she been following Oral Roberts? Amen. Or Billy Graham? Amen. You know what she'd have done? She'd have looked around there and asked for the healing. Amen. Those, those, those anointings were in the age. But when this woman expressed what was in her mouth, she had been feeding on the fruit tree. Amen. From the Garden of Eden. And life was in her mouth. It was the tree of life that she had been feeding on. And she said, I want the lives of them two boys. Oh my. You talk about a final say. Brother David said it this morning. The final voice. You talk about a final say. God gave that mother the final say. God let her decide what was going to happen in them lives. Listen, God has released an anointing on the bride of Jesus Christ. We are not a helpless church. We are not just a bunch of helpless people. Come on, church. This message isn't getting weaker. He said, I will decrease and this will increase. Come on, this ain't going backwards. This is going forward. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls were saved. William Branham in South Africa, under one altar call, 30,000 souls gave their life 10 times the power of Pentecost. What about you and the church that you're living today? This message has 10 times the power in the church than it did in the days when William Branham was preaching it. People didn't understand it. They wasn't believing it. They wasn't building their lives on it. But in this hour, there are churches there is revivals. There is miracles. Not just in Jeffersonville. But there's a bride around the world. That is fulfilling these words. In this evening time age. Oh I tell you. You said preacher how do we get that revival. I tell you how I had it right. I got it. Nothing but the truth brother Branham. Nothing but the truth. And she found access to a power. That every aristocrat was trying to buy. Every great name preacher. Was trying to pray it down. But God delivered it to that nobody by the message of the hour and God has gave to this church <sighs> said preacher how do we get it nothing but the truth the first Gentile that ever got a miracle was that Seraphonician woman she got it by saying that's nothing but the truth and here she got this miracle under the third pool nothing but the truth <sighs> come on you know that you know that brother Bram's wife had a tumor on her we gave you two of them. Brother Bram's wife had a tumor on her. Going to have to do, uh, going to have to do a surgery until he began to pray in the room. And the Lord said, you say what will happen. And he rose up and said, before the doctor ever touches her, it's going to be gone. Look what he did. Brother Bram said it was about the size of a grapefruit, I believe it was, when the doctors went in and looked at her. But when they come back to do the surgery, they walked up to the body and before the man could touch her, 
the tumor had left her. Amen. What was it doing? It was showing the power of the very creator had returned to the earth. And he was manifesting himself through a sex-born man. You said, preacher, why are you preaching this way? Because it's a proof to you and I. The atonement works. The blood of Jesus Christ works. This man was a sinner by his birth. But he was a son of God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And here sets a church tonight that is receiving the same power that was given to him in this last age. Amen. You say, preacher, that's only, that's only three of them. Well, what about that little fish that was laying out there with the Lyle woods? And Brother Bam seen him roll over in death and go up against the lilies and lay there a half hour. There's so many types in that. I ain't got a, I got a month to give them out. <laughs> but he laid a half hour against the lilies. Come on, friends. Amen. But a prophet was sitting there. And he turned around in the inspiration and said, Thus saith the Lord, little fishy, I give you a lie. And it rolled over and went back. The same one that gave that fish his life. The same one that told them squirrels where to be. The same one that commissioned that little girl to speak for her. It's the same one that told you how to get baptized. He's the same one that broke down the doctrines of the serpent seed. He was the same one that taught us predestination. He's the same one that said Jesus Christ is the same in every aspect except for his corporal body in the church today. Do you see it's that third pull? Amen. It's that third pull that caused that storm to be spoken away there in Colorado. It was that third pull when that storm come. And remember, Brother Ram went up in the middle of the storm. He went right up in the middle of the storm and began to prophesy to the storm. Go back where you come from. And that storm turned around and went back. And the sun began to shine. Under that light of the spoken word, William Branham walked in a new kind of place. He walked in a place where the timber was virgin. Remember? He walked in that place while he was walking with God. And he turned young again. And he seen his wife and she was young again. Amen. Under the light of that spoken word, he walked right back into an Eden condition where God was doing miraculous things around him. Listen to me. This message we're talking about is the thing that's going to lead you to the change of your body. It's going to lead you to great things. How much more can it cause a revival in the middle of troubled times? How much greater can it refresh your soul in a time when troubles are everywhere? My, when I look at this, I see that that great third pull in this age. Amen. What is it? It's Christ who is manifesting himself. Amen. To be brought into the church of the living God. Friends, listen. We have entered a great age. We've entered a great time in this age. We've entered a a great time. I don't have time to read to you. So I'm just going to preach to you a minute. Amen. But you you recognize. Amen. We don't, we don't, we've come to a special kind of time. We've had a meeting. Amen. Christ has met the church. He's gave us things in this age. You go over into the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter. And when you begin to read there. And you see that Melchizedek comes and meets Abraham. When he meets him, the Bible says they have communion together. Do you all know what happens in that communion? Melchizedek brings the bread and the wine they're going to eat and drink. He brings the bread and the wine they're going to eat. Because it's him that is giving the communion at that moment in time. It's a great testimony of Christ coming to the church in restitution. 
And in that hour, he brings both the bread and the wine. Now, you all know, I've done been teaching that bread is the word manifested. <laughs> you ever read Revelations, the fifth chapter? And Brother Bram stands there, hey man, uh, preaching that message of the breach. And he's standing there in the pulpit and he begins to talk to the people and he reads the scripture and all of a sudden he begins to say, now the people are here. He said, he said, there's an elder sitting here and he begins to declare the time by Revelations 5. He said, but now whoever's going to open that book, he's going to have to come now or forever hold his peace. He's going to have to come now or forever hold his peace. Now, now when Brother Branham did that, he was inviting the one who could open this word to us in this age. So what was he doing? He was bringing forth the bread of the age that you're living in. Now, I, 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 can't, I can't help but to think about this. Because when Melchizedek met with Abraham, hey man, Abraham was going to eat bread. Now, now let me just say it in our, in our way of thinking about it. Abraham didn't pull that bread out of his coat. Maybe, maybe it had been a long journey. He could have been very tired. Hey, man, but he didn't pull that bread, that, that old moldy bread that he carried with him all the time and discouraged. With he, that, that wasn't what they were going to be eating at that moment. Melchizedek brought this bread. It wasn't going to be baked by, by Abraham. It hadn't been baked by Sarah. It hadn't went through the processes of their minds and their ideas. But this bread was coming from heaven. This bread had in it life-changing abilities. This bread had an ability. If you would just eat that bread, life would never be the same again. <laughs> now, now you all know that Brother Bantam taught us, amen, that wine actually is, according to Scripture, is the stimulation from revelation. It is the stimulation from revelation. That's exactly what the Bible said when it said, hurt not the oil. And the wine. Wine is the stimulation of the revelation. When the word is being manifested, that wine is the, 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 the natural effect that wine has on a person. The stimulation of revelation has upon a believer. It will have the same effect. In other words, if you drink something, it will affect you. It will cause an effect upon you. Now, I'm not a... I'm not an English major, amen, but I, 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 for years I wondered what the difference was between the A effect and E effect. I, I, that was always confusing to me. So it took me years, finally somebody set me down and explained it to me. Do you all know the difference? Uh, can I explain to you? A tidal wave hits California. The tidal wave coming is an effect, A effect. It hits California. It affected California. The E effect is did it destroy your home? See, whether the tidal wave hit or not, that's not the question. Was you affected by the tidal wave hitting? So we find out that God sent a message that has affected this earth. It has affected everything around you has been affected by this message. That's why things are the way they are now. This earth cannot hold together. There's another kingdom coming. 
But the effect of this message upon our life has been a stimulating power and has brought a bride in revival in the hour when the world is falling apart. We are shouting the victory that there is a grace that is coming to our lives. My goodness, I, amen, when you, when you catch the revelation of, of where you're standing this hour, it's like a wine. It's like you're drinking a wine, a refreshing from the presence of the Lord. How many know Isaiah said, with stammering lips and other tongues, will I give unto my people a refreshing? It's a refreshing. The Spirit is a refreshing. And when you start seeing the words of the message of the hour, when you start looking on them and realizing this is an age where God has created things by the spoken word. This is the age I'm believing in. This is the time I'm preaching in. I'm not sitting here with just a a couple traditions and some kind of creeds. We have got the revelation of the ages. We've got pictures. We've got vindications. We've got thousands upon thousands of testimonies. Listen to me, young people. The effect this message ought to have on your life is you ought to sell everything you have and give to the Word of God. Forsake everything and say, God, this is what you promised. So, Brother Wayne, what are you what are you really trying to say? I'm trying to say that this message is more than mechanics. This message is both mechanics and dynamics. This message is more than just learning. It's more than just a couple of scriptures. This message is the dynamics of God fulfilling His Word in this age. In the rising of the sun, Brother Branham tells you something. Y'all, y'all heard Brother Branham say, my Thanksgiving message to you. You remember? My Thanksgiving message to you in Invisible Union. You've never done it in the first place. But in the rising of the sun, he does the same thing with an Easter message. He said, my Easter message to you. My Easter message to you is the dynamics and the mechanics are now together. Do you see many people saying, Brother Wayne, when the dynamics comes, I want you to know the message said, amen, in 1965, this is my Easter message to you. The dynamics and the mechanics are together. Amen. We have come to a place where the church does not have to stand with just some cold creed or some idea. We've got a fire that's burning in the church. The devil will never put it out. The world will never stop it. We've been affected by the word of God in our age. My, I mean, I, I thank God there's been an effect of this word. It has created something in our young people that it, there's not enough denominations can't do it. The world can't do it. Nothing can put in you what this message is put in you. Somebody said, well, you're just trying to work the people up. Oh, no, sir. No, sir, you don't have to work this bride up. You don't have to work her up at all. I was preaching one time at home and the people got to rejoicing and standing, shouting, having a wonderful time. I could feel an old spirit come by. And that old spirit said, you're just working the people up, just having a pep rally. And at the same moment, an inspiration come on me. And he said, no, you're just giving them an opportunity. Because you know what? There's a lot of people in this last day that would really like to worship God. 
but they ain't found a good reason to do it yet. Or they're in some situation where the devil is binding them and they can't get a liberty in their life. Amen. But I pray to God this tent meeting would be a releasing of your desires to worship God, to be affected by the power of God. I'm not going to let no cold formal devil take my revival away from me. I've got the message of the hour. We're not going to let a bunch of people set us down. Oh, I'm, I'm going to preach. Is it all right? Is it all right if I go ahead and just preach? Amen. We've got a bunch of silly preachers now that they've lost their courage. They've turned out on us. They went back to the denominations. They went back to ideas of the world. And when they go back and lose their courage, then they turn to us and say, you can't quote Brother Branham anymore. You shouldn't quote the prophets. You, you shouldn't read those quotes. You shouldn't do this. You should. Hey man, let me tell you this. Hey man, we've got 12 year old girls with more courage than that. We got, we got girls sitting right here. Fifteen year old girls got more courage than some of the preachers in this last day. They won't get up in a pulpit and read the things a prophet said because they don't want to be identified. Amen. But here's some girls that'll go down there into that mall and they're wearing Malachi Forest teachings. They got their long hair. They got their dresses. They're not ashamed of the message of the hour. And neither am I. I'm not ashamed of the power of God in this evening time. The preaching of this message will do everything God said it will do. It'll create limbs. It'll bring revivals. It'll cure lives. It'll change hearts. This is not, amen, just your mama and your daddy's God. This is the God of today. This is the message of the hour. We are living in a season when the power of God is real and it's true. God is looking for somebody who will say, brother, I want in this revival. I want in the power of God. I'm not going to sit here and let this pass me by. This is my season. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Won't you turn loose and tell that devil, this is my meeting. This is my meeting. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to let the devil get a hold. I'm going to take from this meeting a revival that will change my life and my heart. This is not a Pentecost. This is the original power of God that came from the upper room. Ma, hallelujah! There's a power in this message. This is past just little, little emotional tingles. This is a past a little jumping up and down. You're not rejoicing over a feeling. You're rejoicing over a word that has been prophesied. If the Pentecostals can shout, with bobbed hair and earrings and the women wearing, amen, the men acting in the oil. If them people can shout, what about the sons and daughters of God that is standing under the message of the hour? If anybody ought to be able to rejoice, we ought to be able to rejoice tonight until every devil has been rebuked. <laughs> Hallelujah, run that devil out of here. We're not going to put up with that. 
This is my revival. This is my day. This is my hour. I'm not going to crawl back. I'm not going to crawl back to God. I'm not going to crawl back to no devil. We are now here as serpent stopping, serpent bruising, tongue talking, Holy Ghost field, church of a living God, birthed by the word of God. We are not here to play games with no devil. We're here to run that devil out of town. I'm not emotional. I know exactly where I'm standing. Let me announce something to you. That same pillar of fire that was on that picture is rotating through that room right now. He's passing through this building, charging you, anointing you. Now, David, I don't know what to do with myself. Hallelujah. There's an effect of this message. The dynamics of this word is dropped into your lives. Listen, the miracles we talk about is not something for the history books. It's something going on right now. The deaf here, oh yeah, Little Rock, Arkansas, they emptied a school out. The lame walk, what about Congressman Upshaw? The dead are raised, what about that baby down there in Mexico? Come on, church. What about it? Amen. If we're going to talk about it, let's talk about the scripture. And where did the message fail to fulfill every prophesied promise of the presence of God in the last day? I know where I'm standing. I'm standing on the rock of the revelation of the word of God. that will tear down every devil. It will destroy every kingdom. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Release these people and let the power of this message roll through the church of the living God with anointing and with power. Oh, you've been wanting to do it a while. Go ahead and do it. You've been wanting to shake it off. Go ahead and shake it off. Some of you got a year to make up for it. What are you talking about? Scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures. And you want to call me a heretic? We can stand here this entire night with scripture after scripture after scripture to prove to you what you're following is not a fable of a man. You're not following some wise tale. You're not following some figment of some imagination. This is, amen, the presence of Almighty God to capture a bride and revive her in the power of the Holy Ghost. The revealing of the Holy Ghost is the dynamics to the church. So by the way, I want to refresh you tonight. It's a promise to you. It's a promise to you. God sent the Holy Ghost 2,000 years ago. But He's going to send a message to restore to the church everything that's been lost. That old devil's lied to you, ain't he? Yeah. You had a revival, but you lost it. You ain't lost this one. No, sir. No, that Pentecost revival died out because it was built around something. So did that Lutheran revival. So did all them other revivals. But this is an unending revival. This is him in the church. 
the only way this revival ends is when you leave the earth. It ain't ended before then. I don't care how low you are. Lift up your eyes. Focus on the Word of God. And tell that devil, get out of my way. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I've got a right to rejoice and praise God. Every benefit, every redemptive right belongs to the church of God in the last days. I somebody wake that devil up. I ain't done with him. I want you to know, Satan, this ain't just another church. This ain't just another gathering. This ain't something that you attack and walk away from. This is a church that responds. This is a church that says to the devil, Devil, I'm coming to your camp. And I'm taking back everything you took away from me. My joy, my peace, my revival, my life. It belongs to me. I'm here to take it back. Come on. Take it back. Everything God said you can have. You tell that devil tonight. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. I'm not going to walk backwards. I'm going to face that devil tonight and say, Satan, you are a fallen angel. I am a redeemed son of God. And you have been put beneath me. got the people worked up. No, no, they're just getting free now. They're just ready to soar now. People say, what are you doing, brother? We're teaching eagles how to fly. We're teaching young eagles. Spread your wings. When the Holy Ghost comes by, spread your wings and you'll fly into another realm where all things are possible, where every devil is defeated. You know what happens in atmospheres like this? You know what happens in atmospheres like this? People get the Holy Ghost. People get the Holy Ghost. In the book of Acts, it said, while Peter yet spake, they received the Holy Ghost. Some of you, while I'm preaching, are receiving a refilling of the Holy Ghost. As I preach the Word, you're receiving the power of God. The spoken Word still lives. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the blessings of God upon your life. It's not fanatical. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the redemption of the church. That's what's happening. People are receiving the, they're receiving dynamics right now. It's going on right now while we're talking. The preacher, I want more. I want more. Do you? Come on. Do do you want, you want God to do more before you can receive him? Elijah, look what he did. He told Gehazi, Gehazi, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Gehazi, go look. And Gehazi went and looked and said, I just don't see nothing. No revival tonight. He said, oh, prophecy said it'll be here. Go look again. He went back and looked. He come back and said, I don't see nothing. He said, you go look again. And he looked. Elijah made him look until he saw something. Because Elijah knew it was there. 
He didn't have to feel the rain. He didn't have to feel the water. When Elijah said, there's a, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. He received the cloud as the rain. Come on, church. There's to be a ladder rain. There's to be a harvest rain. I seen, I seen a cloud appear out there in Arizona and I have been renewed. I come to tell you, I hear the sound of an abundance of revelation, an abundance of power. He said, brother, I ain't seen enough to announce it. Hey man, what about them people that saw the water moving in the days of Jesus? When they seen the water move, that's when they stepped in. Do you not see what's happening right here? Do you not see the troubling of the waters? You are the water. And the angel has stepped into the water. And the power of God is swirling in. If you have a need tonight, step in the water. You want the power of God? Step in the water. He's here. I declare to you He's here. Not because I feel Him. I stack the Word. Word upon Word upon Word upon Word. He's here. His power is here. If you don't see it, look again. Look again. And look until you feel the dynamics of God. Can our musicians come? You there in St. Cloverdale. God bless your hearts. Amen. I feel the angel of the Lord. I praise right there. I see you standing. I see you rejoicing in God. Let the pillar of fire. Amen. Who is an ever present God. Fill the house. Fill the lives. I refresh it. I refresh it. Let it rain. It's a dry and thirsty land, God. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let the Holy Ghost rain on us, Lord. Oh, let it rain. Oh, hearts are coming tonight. People are coming to this altar tonight. But he's pulling. Jesus said, My Father will draw you. If the Son of Man be lifted up, He said, I'll draw all men unto me. Oh God, help us lift it. Help us lift you, Lord. Oh God, help us to lift you higher. May all the world know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh God, come into this meeting in such a way right now, oh God. Hearts that are coming, lives that are coming to be refilled. To drink of the wine, to eat of the bread, to lay under the sun, to feel the rain. Oh, every element of our life you've become. Your message is 
honor and worthy life, oh God. We welcome you in this building, Lord. We feel hearts, Lord. We welcome you. We welcome you, Father. We welcome you. We welcome you, Lord. You need something from God tonight? I know you can get it where you're sitting. But I think some of you need to walk out of that seat tonight. I think you need to put an action into your faith. When Jesus showed up on the water, he said to Peter, Peter said, he was scared of it. He said, but Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. And when he called, the only thing Peter had to do was step out. That's all he had to do was make one step. Listen, tonight Jesus has come and he's calling. You need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. You need to rededicate your life. Won't you come? Some of you young men, you can't get around the altar. Just come right up here. Just come right up here where I'm standing. I want to make a testament. I want somebody to know. I want the devil to know. I'm dedicated to that. I'm dedicating tonight. While people are coming. your family up said this is an altar of rededication Lord, we want to refresh you we want to let the rain
that's praying, Lord. But you meet that daddy that's wondering in his heart, can he ever make it all right? Can he ever get back to where he started? Oh God, I pray right now, Lord, you would kill that lie in that heart. Father, that the rejuvenation of the Holy Ghost would visit him, Lord. God, that you'd restore it. Oh God, hope would return. They could turn and look what you've done in your age and what you've done in my age. And Lord, something would settle in their heart that you're still the same. And we're asking you, Father, for these things. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my brothers, my sisters. Just begin to pray now as our musicians would would still begin to pray. Play and sing. And Let's just, let's just give this meeting to you. This is your meeting. What do you want from it tonight? 
how much you want from this service. What do you really want to take from this? You want that to come into that life? Just open up in your hearts now and begin to worship Him. Just begin to worship the God that's here. You don't have to bring Him. He's already here. You don't have to beg Him down. He's already in this building right now. He's already standing right by you right now. Just lift your hand. Begin to tell Him you love Him. Somebody sitting in here, a mother, a father, you see your baby and want to walk up, put your arm around him and pray with him standing here tonight. If you've got a friend in the building, you see him praying, won't you just put your arm around him and begin to pray with him. This is a moment. This is a moment that you can be able to break out of that now. Wait off in it. Wait off in it. The spirit is moving. Don't just get your toes wet. Wait off in it. Get out there to where it starts covering you. An empty vessel I want to be. So that you can
it's all right to praise his name. It's all right to glorify the king. It's all right to give him all the glory. It's all right to open up your lips and give him praise. It's all right to say glory be to Jesus. It's all right to say the word is true. And I receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. This word is true. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy Spirit has been doing great and wonderful things tonight. By the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord. Not by the emotion. Just by the word of the Lord. He's come down to your address. He's spoken to you individually. And I want every young person, every couple, anyone that just lift up your heart to him in thanksgiving. And say, I receive it. I receive it, Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. I want to lift up his name. We might have sung it already, but I want to say, Lord, I want to lift your name. Lord, I lift. We want to lift it very high. wonderful. Isn't the presence of the Lord sweet? Hallelujah. 
Jesus, we love you with a great love in our hearts, Lord. To deal with us. To speak to us so profoundly by the open word. I'm moved, Lord. Moved by the presence of God. Jesus. Jesus, great baptizer, baptize your people once again. Grant all our hearts have called for tonight, Lord. Your word is declared before we even ask. You know what we would ask for, Lord. That's how great you are. We're not a people of form. We're simple people, Lord. We're just simple people that love you dearly. No pretense. We just want more of you. More of your love, Lord. More of your grace. What an atmosphere. Lord people wait days some weeks some years to come into this atmosphere of God I want everyone Lord just to drink it in drink it in drink it in You're the grace I am. You're my risen lamb. My comforter and my king. Can we just sing it one more time before we close?
love you, Lord. Oh, I What a time we've been having, Lord. What a time in the presence of God that is so special. Young people can say, I met with Jesus. Couples have said, I met with Christ. I heard the word and you came and you confirmed that word within my heart tonight. much was spoken Lord you've spoken deeply into the hearts of young people parents alike my heart you've spoken deeply Father we don't want to break this atmosphere up Lord we live for these times some go some don't even know what it's about but Lord I'm thankful I do I'm thankful these ones that are standing here they do Lord and I pray God it will become deeper and richer to each and every life as we desire to walk with you along life's path not questioning anymore as those that were on the road to Emmaus but knowing the scripture is being fulfilled and our anticipation Lord is that next step that next hand we shake might be the hand of the Savior so I'm praying Lord that this presence go with each and every one as they go their way tonight may they lay in their little room they lift up their eyes towards heaven give you thanks that the word has dealt with me personally I ask Lord God that you'll strengthen our dear brother Wayne who's poured out much Lord these are the gifts and we've pulled much tonight we've pulled very much Pray, God, that you'll pour back, strengthen him. And as we will come tomorrow morning and hear our precious brother David Mayer, 
I pray, Father God, you unctionize him as you did this morning. And may we just go higher, higher in this love of Jesus. Father, would you go with us now as we go our way? And may you bless each and every one. Those that will travel on the road, give them traveling mercies. We're thankful for each one that came. May they come tomorrow night with great expectation once again. We love your people. We love the bride of Jesus Christ. We love you. So, Father, I'm asking that your grace now go with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you can't really or don't want to say really anything that would break this up. You want to go sit in your seat? Fine. You want to heal? Fine. You just want to walk out and rejoice? That's fine. But you're dismissed. In the name of Jesus Christ, God be with you.